0: So, Father, we thank you for your presence today. We honor you. We welcome you in this place. Holy Spirit, have your way this morning in our lives. And where there is any bondage, we just thank you today is a day of freedom from whatever is ailing us, whatever is holding us back in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Hallelujah. Well, let's say this confession. And uh, it's a confession. I think maybe if we have a visitor, we say our confession every before every service. But it's because people are confessing all kinds of things. We need to confess the word over ourselves. Amen. What we believe. So let's say this. I am here on purpose because I have a purpose. My heart is open. My mind is ready to receive because God is not finished with me yet. My best days are right in front of me. And I have victory in my life because Jesus lives in me. Turn to somebody and say, be patient with me. <laughs> Hallelujah. You can be seated. <laughs> God's not finished with any of us yet. Uh, and thank God we have more opportunities to be everything that God called us to be. Uh, mercies are new every morning. We talked about that last week. We're uh, in a series called You Can Start Over. And, uh I love sharing on this because I believe that uh, when you look back over your life, there's so many opportunities where God gives us an opportunity to start over. Even in many cases, we're not aware of those opportunities. We just think it's a new job God gave us or, you know, this door closed, so I found another job or, you know, this situation finally got out of it. But we don't always think that it's God, you know, doing something in our lives. And one thing I've learned over the years in my time in ministry is uh, God is the one who promotes. Man can try to promote. Uh, We can try to promote ourselves or others can try to promote us into positions. But if we're out of God's timing, if we're not where God wants us to be, uh, we're going to fail Everybody say fail and nobody wants to fail, but, uh, it's God who knows where we're at in our lives, what we can do, where our faith is at that point in our lives and, and what he wants to do in every situation we live in every season of life. Uh, there's new things. And, uh, today, uh, we're going to talk about, you can start over, but we're going to talk specifically about face your failures, Everybody say, face your failures. You know, um, I think a lot of times um, we can know that, that it's okay to fail and we can start over. But oftentimes people get stuck. Everybody say stuck. <laughs> they just get stuck. Yeah, and I was uh, reading in this devotional of Joyce Meyer's Power Thoughts. How many of you know your thoughts have a whole lot to do with your decisions? And, um, you know, it says that we're to take captive every thought to the obedience of Christ. And I was reading it. It's back on March 3rd. But uh, when I was reading it, I thought, well, this really applies to what we're going to talk about today. It says, don't get stuck in the moment. Uh, Your future has no room for your past. And I encourage you not to get stuck in a moment in your life that is over. How many of you know some people that are just stuck? I mean, they're, they're like Uh, maybe they were just in mud, but now they're in quicksand because they just stayed there too, too long. And then she goes on and says, um, uh, in order to do that or to, to do what God tells us to do, uh, we must face, be still face the past and receive healing. Everybody say receive healing from God. As long, I thought this was so good. As long as we are running, something is chasing us. Could I say that again? As long as we are running, something is chasing us. But if we confront it with God on our side, then we can defeat it and enjoy the new life that is ours in Christ. Uh, I've never been one to like to confront things, I uh, like to fix things. But, you know, sometimes I don't allow the Lord to do things in people's lives because I fix it for them instead of confronting what needs to be confronted and then let God fix it whatever it is, because sometimes in confrontation, uh, there, there can be, um, an upset in people, uh, that comes against you. Well, you know, uh, we need to confront ourselves. Sometimes we need to confront ourselves with the truth because the Bible says it's the truth that makes us free. It's not uh, blame. It's not excuses. It's not reasons that we can come up with, with why things happened. There's a opportunity for each one of us as we start over everybody say start over now we can keep going uh after a failure or a defeat but um if we keep going without figuring out what went wrong uh with us i don't mean everybody else today uh just just say this to your neighbor this message is for me cuz sometimes these kind of messages are for everybody you know <laughs> but i believe that god wants the body of christ to be doing what he's called them to do. And until we deal with places where we failed, uh, in our lives, we're always going to be going back to that place emotionally. Everybody say emotionally, we may not go back to it in our thinking, but I've done enough counseling over the years to know that people go back emotionally to things that they can't even remember that happened. And so God has to heal those places. He has, to, he has to heal them and then reinforce those areas and bring life back into those areas so that we can do the things we're called to do. Otherwise, we're going to continually be like she said in here. We're running because something's chasing us and we're running the wrong direction. Nobody can run away from God and get help. How how many of you realize that? Oh, you will get help, but it won't be from who you want the help to be from. And so last week we talked in first Timothy, how, uh, Paul, uh, obtained mercy. Uh, you know, that was the first thing I felt God told me to share was that God's mercies are new every day. Uh, that's, that's the foundation for why we start over, uh, every day when we wake up, God gives us another opportunity to go forward. Uh, There's no going back to the day before or to years before. We only have that day and what's ahead of us. We have today and the future. And so we need those mercies of God to give us courage to start over again each day in what God gives us to do. And Paul said he obtained mercy because of his ignorance. And I always thought, well, how could he be ignorant when he stood right there and watched Stephen be stoned. He held his clothing. It says in Acts chapter seven, Uh, he was in agreement. It says later with Stephen stoning. And yet he said, I'm now obedient to the heavenly vision. And I thought what happened? Well, I know before I was saved, before I had a revelation of who Christ was in me, I was ignorant of a lot of things, even though I knew right from wrong. How many of you know you can be ignorant even though, you know, right from wrong, I knew right from wrong, but I didn't know why right was right and why wrong was wrong. And once I had a revelation of Jesus, then right and wrong became a revelation in my heart. And, uh, so, you know, as we grow in the things that God gives us, we can always start over, uh, in any area, no matter what the failure, there is an opportunity to start over. We just have to get on the right foundation and so mercy is that foundation that says my mercies are new every morning you get up and go again though I fall I shall arise and uh, it says in first Peter 2:10 you know 2:9 where it says you are a chosen generation, a holy nation you know you're called forth to give praises to God uh, you're called out of darkness into his marvelous light but then in the last part of that it says who once were not a people, but are now the people of God. Say, we are the people of God. We sang it this morning. I am a child of God who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. So we're in a different position today to start over and to face our fears. And uh, when I think of facing fear, uh, Peter was the one that came to me because Peter, uh, I believe Peter's an example of, turning from failure to success, the reason for that was that Peter saw his own faults. But if you look at the word of God in the gospels and you read, uh, you know, about Peter, uh, you read about how, uh, sure he was of himself. I mean, he's the only one that says, just tell me to come out of the boat and I'll walk on water. You know, none of the other disciples lined up for that. Uh, you know, he just—he was just bold, and, and he had a a wonderful uh, heart to just do whatever needed to be done. But there was a root. Everybody say there was a root that God had to deal with to keep him out of failure. Uh, all of us have places in our lives where we're subject to failing. We, we have weaknesses. Everybody say weaknesses. Weaknesses are where failures come from. But some people don't recognize their weaknesses. And when they don't recognize them, God will reveal them to them. Because if those places are not fortified in their life, they will continually fail in the thing that God has gifted them to do. Because they have the gifts. God gifts every, every child of God is gifted. But those gifts have to be under the control of the Holy spirit. And instead of them being under the control of the Holy spirit in Peter's life, there was a great call on Peter's life. Read the book of acts. We're going to talk about it later, but so there was something out there, but the steps to get there, God began to work on Peter's life. And, uh, you know, he went, he got out on the water, but when he looked at the waves, he started sinking. I believe that was his first lesson in God showing him you'll fail if you don't keep your eyes on me. In other words, Peter, you are really great, just like you think you are, but your greatness will get you nowhere unless your greatness is submitted to me. Does that make sense? And so failure in our lives, uh, can happen because other people fail. And we're just, I mean, we're just in the consequences of that failure, but, In the consequences of that failure, we still have to look at ourselves if we don't get up and go forward. Because that's not because of somebody else. That's because of us. Am I making sense today? See, I think that there's such a victim mentality in our world today that uh, a lot of people uh, can live in that mentality and they can talk about it and they can counsel about it. But the truth is, everybody's failure is because of what they do, not what somebody else does. Failure can be overcome always. And uh, what I thought about uh, was uh, how many of you ride a bicycle, or you did ride a bicycle, or at least you know how to ride a bicycle. You know, uh, we had a, we have little tricycles next door, and that's the, their favorite part over here in Clubhouse. Man, they get on those tricycles over there, and we only keep two because, you know, there's not enough room for a lot of them but they love that tricycle. And at that age, they're really able to handle a tricycle. Well, um, uh, you know, we had, um, Lucas in here one day and put him on the tricycle and all he could do was let grandma push him because he couldn't reach the pedals. You know, uh, it, he wasn't a failure. He just couldn't reach the pedals yet. But you know, when I thought about what I went, thought about was a bicycle with training wheels. How many of you remember that? Right. You know, it was a little wobbly, but something always caught you, so you never really failed. I mean, you could ride that thing once you got the pedals going, but balance came into play. So there had to be, you know, you had to get a, a feel for how to balance yourself. And and all the time, you know, there's objects in front of you that you, you have to look out for or there's going to be a situation. So, you know, you begin to encounter a lot more things than just walking, you know, you, you have to learn some other things. And, uh, I thought, I remember, I don't know which one of Lori's children it was, but somebody was going to take the training wheels off. I think they came off, but they had to go back on. And, you know, sometimes people say, you know, I-, I need those back on here again, but eventually everybody say, eventually they learned to ride the bike. Uh, Molly just got a new bike for her birthday and uh, man, I went over there and she's riding that thing up and down the street, showing me how fast she can go. But I remember a couple of years ago when the training wheels were going, you know, and she was wobbling down the street. All of us have to walk through seasons in our lives where we're tested to grow in the things that are going to make us be successful. And so Peter, I believe, you know, he he was one of the first disciples that God called, and uh, and and he left his fishing nets. He went after Jesus, but in that walk, uh, he had opportunities. And at the very end, let's look at, uh, Mark 14, um, Peter stumbled big time, but I'm going to show you the difference between before and after, after we look at this scripture, it says, then Jesus said to them, and he's, this is, um, just before his death, all of you will be made to stumble because of me this night, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep will scatter. But after I've been raised, I will go before you to Galilee. Peter said to him, even if all are made to stumble, yet I will not be. Doesn't that that sound like someone who, you know, listen, I'm just, I mean, I'm just a little ahead of the rest of these guys. I don't know how Jesus did it. He had John, who was always saying, he loves me most. He loves me most. He had James and John, who the mom came, and she got involved and said, hey, could one of my sons be your one on the right, one on the left? And then they wanted to be the top two. And so he had this kind of thing going on all the time. But Peter, everybody say Peter. Peter had a call to be the pastor of the first church of God, an apostle to be the man that God would have stand up and speak what he wanted done. So Peter had to have a little more uh, opportunity to fail to get out of him what had to be out of him for him to do a job that was that big. And so this is the next thing. He says, um, Jesus said to him, Assuredly, I say to you that today, even this night, before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me. Three times. And, but he spoke more vehemently. This is Peter. If I have to die with you, I will not deny you. And then they all said, likewise. Uh, Of course, we know that Peter did deny Jesus, just like Jesus said he would. Uh, I I looked at it over in Luke and it says, Satan has asked to sift you. Everybody say sift you. I don't want to be sifted, but God will sift you. I'm just telling you. It means to separate or move, remove something to sort out what is useful and valuable. In other words, there's things God does in our lives that sort out those things that God wants to use. And to stumble means to hit your foot on something when you're walking or running so that you almost fall or you fall. Uh, in some cases, fall into sin, to make an error or to move carelessly. Uh, where Peter was going, there would be no room for him to shrink back. There would be no room for him to fall. There would be no room for him to doubt. There would be no room for him to get up in front of those thousands of people and begin to declare who Jesus was with boldness, without fear, without any concern for what people thought. And so the process had to take place for Peter to be sifted. Everybody say sifted. Now, I believe this is what Uh, brought about how God um, brought about a change in Peter. I don't know that Peter got it immediately, but I believe it was a wake-up call. And that was when Jesus went into the garden and he took with him Peter, James, and John. And he said to them, you stay here and you pray. Everybody say, pray. He said, you guys pray. And in verse uh, 37 of chapter 14, uh, it talks about, that they, they couldn't do that. And it says, when Jesus came and found them sleeping, he said to Peter, Simon, are you sleeping? Now, he wasn't the only one there, but he addressed Peter. Why did he address Peter? Because Peter was gonna be a leader. Peter was gonna be the leader of the first church. And he said, Simon, Peter, are you sleeping? Could you not watch an hour? And then if you go on to the next verse, it he talks about how the, the spirit is willing but the flesh is weak. Now, I just want to I, I just want to say something here that I believe God showed me God's first plan failed. I mean, he he created the garden. He put mankind in it. And Adam failed in that place. But God, God had another plan. And, and of course, that was for Jesus. But this is what uh, any plan that fails, anything that fails, something went wrong. Do you understand? I mean, something happened, and this is what I heard. Man had a will, but could not be controlled from an external law. Ex- external law. Everybody say external law. But God saw that, and when He fixed it, He put in man an internal law. If you read Hebrews chapter eight, He said, "Now, in this new covenant that I'm going to create." I will write the law in man's heart. What does that mean? God created man with a will. But man could not be controlled by a law. How many of you have seen people go through red lights here in town? I mean, you have to wait. Because everybody now thinks that if they're in a hurry, they're just going to go right on through. And uh, you can't just go on the green light. I mean, you could go and later prove that you were on the green, they were on the red, but you have a car that's broken and now you're trying to find another vehicle. So it's better to just wait, but people don't respond to outward force to correct them. They respond from inward law to guide them. And that's what makes them do what they know is right or wrong. Does that make sense? And God saw that. So he, He corrected the plan, the first plan. He gave him a will. Well, Adam didn't do so well with that second covenant. He said, okay, okay, we're going to, we're going to fix this. I'm going to put my law in your heart. What does that mean? The Holy spirit is now going to say to you, that's right. That's wrong. Don't do it. And there's the power. Everybody say the power by the Holy spirit to help us not do it which the children of Israel did not have because they were in the old covenant and they were only governed by a law. Does that make sense? So here's Peter and he, Jesus says to him, could you just have stayed awake and prayed? Why are you sleeping? And then he goes and he explains to Peter, the spirit is willing. What is he saying? What's gonna be inside of you will be willing, but what your flesh says Will not be willing, it's weak. What is what did we study when we started grace? His grace is sufficient for when you are weak, I am strong. But the key is there has to be that shift from I know every how many of you know somebody who knows everything. I know some people who know it. They always have a better idea. It doesn't matter what you're doing. They always have a better way to do it. How, how many of you know people like that? And, and and they think they're helping you. But really what they do is cause the people that God is trying to use to learn to lead, they're, they're uh, making them feel like they don't know what they're doing. So they're really not helping God. They're not helping the person. They're causing the person to fail. Are you getting this? Because that happens all the time. Uh, and, and those kind of people have not learned what they're supposed to be doing with that gift God's given them. I remember when I was at victory, uh, when I was young uh, out there and I was in a, a victory world or was a victory, um, that was world, victory world outreach. And they were talking about leadership. I wasn't a leader. I was just a secretary. And, uh, so I, but I was in the meeting cause my husband was a part of that area. And so I was sitting there and, uh, This man began to talk about being an administrator and he was talking about gifts and things that people have. He said, you have to learn how to be an administrator for God. You're not the boss. If I say the boss and oftentimes, you know, somebody who's a leader is the boss. They are the boss, but the boss's job is not to boss. The boss's job is to make everybody on that team be better to help those people with their gifts be better. So that doesn't mean you, you, you always have the best idea. You help people find the way for them to find the best idea. Does that make sense? And so Peter, if you look at his life, he was always, uh, Hey, I, if everybody else denies you, I won't just telling you, I mean, I will be here for you. Well, what he, what he was expressing was this thing of, I, I know what I'm doing. You know, I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm in charge. I mean, you know, I can do this. And what God was saying to him, Peter, Satan, or Jesus told him, but what God had released was the final test for Peter. You're going to deny me three times. And Peter said, oh, no, I wouldn't do that. Now, let me tell you what Peter had done earlier in his life. In Mark ten twenty eight, Jesus was talking about people who left all and followed them. And, and, and so Peter's listening to this and and his question, this is what he says. This is, this is just one of the things Peter did that you can tell his heart of, if you'll put that scripture up for me with Donna, uh, he, he says, um, well, we've left everything. Well, what about us? What about me? I mean, I left everything. Peter began to say to him, see, we've left all and followed you. What, and Jesus goes on and says to him, well, anybody who's left all and followed me including you, Peter, uh, will have everything they have need of. Uh, they, they'll have houses and lands and, and all these things with persecutions, with persecutions. What does that mean? With the enemy always resisting everything that they do, who, who shall not receive a hundredfold now. And this time houses, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, lands with persecutions and in the age to come eternal life. So, you know, Peter's question was, well, look, we all left everything. What, what about us? And then this, this is another place uh, in Matthew 16, which we just talked about a couple of weeks ago. It says Peter took Jesus aside. Now, that is someone who really thinks they know what they're doing. Because this is the man he's been with that he's watched do all these miracles. And he says... Uh, from that time, Jesus began to show, well, uh, that's okay, Donna, to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised the third day. But it says Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Everybody say, not so good. I mean, that's not somebody you're going to go take to lead the whole troop. And he says, far be it from you, Lord, this shall not happen to you. Now, just before that, he'd had a revelation. Everybody say revelation. And if you notice, Jesus said to him, Peter, you didn't get that. My father who is in heaven revealed that to you. What was he saying? Peter, just so you know, that wasn't you. Amen. See, this is where people fail. They fail over and over and over because they don't recognize that they haven't gone from this kind of a mentality. too. when Peter stands up and acts, it's a whole different person, whole different person. This is after he's denied Christ. Uh, The third thing was that where he says, if everybody else stumbles, I won't. And the last one was when he was supposed to be praying, they come out of the garden, they come, Judas kisses Jesus and reveals that he is the one that they're to take. And as soon as he does that, Peter takes his sword and cuts somebody's ear off. Now that's just like, what? I mean, there's an army standing here. There's an army that's come to get him and you're going to take your sword and whack off somebody's ear. It says in the word that Jesus put the ear back together, you know, and said, there's no use in that. So, you know, what Peter was doing was expressing that he, he would try to take charge which was a gift that God had put on the inside of him. But if it was not used according to God's plan, he would fail every time. And he did fail. He did fail every time, every time he tried to do that. But in the end, if you go over to Acts, well, actually in John uh, 21, I want you to put up John 21, 15 through 19, Donna. Uh, after Jesus was uh, resurrected, well, he hadn't gone to heaven, but came out of the grave and he appeared to his disciples. Um, he said, it says, um, oh, that's not the right one. I'm sorry, Well, we can do this one. So when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon, Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? So he, he gave him a chance to see if he was ready to do what he had called him to do. But before, right before this, when he first appeared, he said, go and tell the disciples and Peter, he singled out Peter, go and tell the disciples and Peter that I live. What was Peter was called? Everybody say Peter was called. Every one of you are called. I mean, we are called to succeed in everything we do, but our success has to be when we realize it comes out of the internal and not the external external being what we can do because we have the gifts. But internal, those gifts being ruled by the Holy Spirit. Does this make sense this morning? I believe God wants to set a lot of people free in the body of Christ. Because as we grow in in things, uh, God, if God is working on somebody's life and they're not getting it, they'll keep failing. They will. But it's not because God wants them to fail. It's because God wants to fix what that character thing is so that they'll be successful in what they do. And that's what he did with Peter. And here at the end, he says, uh, so when they'd eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, this is when they, uh, right before this, Peter was out in the boat. Uh, Jesus told him to cast the net on the other side. They started catching fish. It says Peter just jumped out of the boat and swam to shore to Jesus. And it says after they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? And he said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And he said, feed my lambs. He asked him that three times, three times. Everybody say three times. How many times did he deny him? Three times. So those three times he questioned him. He was questioning, are you ready to do what I've asked you to do, Peter? And every time Peter said, yes. And then the book of Acts begins. And they're in a place. Jesus is ascended. And the very next verse, after it says, he ascended up into heaven, it says, Peter stood up. Everybody, Peter stood up. Now, when Peter stood up this time, he stood up in a different way than he stood up all those other times. He stood up now called and knowing he was called and knowing that it was going to be Jesus doing it through him, not him doing it through his own ability. Does that make sense? And when that happened, miracles started happening, not, not the natural uh, miracles. And, uh, if you look at it at X, this is acts one fifteen. If you'll just follow me down through these Donna, uh, acts I, that other one, I didn't highlight. I'm sorry. That was my fault. Um, acts one fifteen. in those days, Peter stood up in the midst of the disciples altogether. The number of names was about 120 and said, if you'll just show that, can you show the next verse or do I have to? Oh, sorry this is due to my not highlighting things. I highlighted a bunch of things that didn't need to be shown. I guess it didn't highlight the things that do. Hallelujah. But it, when he stood up, what he basically was explaining to them was there's going to have to be a disciple. We're going to have to have one more disciple. He took charge. Everybody say he took charge. He took charge of the situation. And then in two fourteen, he's the one that revealed what was happening by the spirit. He said, according to the prophet, Joel, this is what's happening. And so what he's doing is beginning to lead the people into the place that God's called him. It says, but Peter standing up with the 11, raised his voice and said, men of Judea and all all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and heed my words. And he goes on and explains what you are seeing, these people praying in tongues. It is what the prophet Joel prophesied. And then he goes on and he preaches a message to them. And at the end of that message, 3,000 people get saved. Everybody say miracles. See, what had happened, there had been a change in Peter. When he denied Jesus three times, it says he wept. You know, um, a man that we were talking to, actually it was Dwayne Kirshner down in Mexico, and he said, until a person's broken, they cannot be used for ministry. But I believe that's true in any arena of somebody's life. Whatever it is that God's calling you to do, Until you realize, I can't do this unless Jesus shows up right here. If he doesn't show up, anything that I do will be useless. And what I'm called to do is to bring other people to a place where they succeed in their lives. Not to say how great I am or how much I know, but how much God wants to help them be who they're called to be. That becomes the leader that God uses. And if you go on, uh, this is the one that I believe really shows Peter's heart in Acts three, when he runs into the man outside the gate, um, and, and the man fixes his eyes on, on Peter with John. And Peter said, look at us. He wasn't saying who we are. He's saying we have nothing to offer. He's cause he goes on and says, uh, so the man gave his attention, expecting to receive something from them. And then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have. I believe that's when Peter realized, whatever I have cannot help you. But what I do have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, Nazareth, rise up and walk. When people get to that position, they're ready to do what God's called them to do. Will they miss it sometimes and feel like they failed? Yes, I've missed it lots of times and felt like I failed. But until... God taught me when I listened to that man teach on administration, that the gifts that I have worked, that I had to get people to do what I wanted to do or tell people the better way to do what I do, but to help other people find that way and to question them till they rise up to that level where they find that way. Because what happens then is that you're building people rather than telling people. And that's what God finally did. He said, I've tried to tell you for all the chapters from Genesis to Malachi hadn't worked. None of you are doing what I'm telling you to do. But from Matthew to Revelation, he changed his procedure. And he came out of the heart and said, I'm going to put the, the law in you that there will be a conviction instead of a condemnation. And so failure that produces condemnation is from the devil. Failure that produces conviction is from God. But the choice is ours. The choice is ours. If we're looking at our abilities, we will be condemned. If we're looking, God, what do you want to fix in me? Something obviously isn't quite the way it should be. Then God can work in us and bring that failure into just another step up the ladder in what God wants us to do. And I believe today God wants to set people free from anything in your life that's keeping you from stepping in from the old covenant to the new from stepping into that place. You know, I was thinking of, um, Walt Disney and my husband always talks about him because he failed so many times. I mean, the man had many failures, bankruptcies. Uh, but you know, you know how God saved him with a mouse. I mean, a mouse, can you believe that's what made him popular? Who's the leader of the one that made for you and me? M-I-C-K-E-Y-M-O-U-S-E, Mickey Mouse, Donald Duck. No. Uh, But, you know, I remember sitting and watching. I used to watch that. And, you know, today, I mean, back then it was just a television show. Today there's two huge amusement parks. And people can't wait to get there. Cannot wait to get there. All because of a mouse. Think of what God's prepared for the body of Christ. And even if we failed, there's a mouse for you somewhere. I mean, I don't know what your mouse is, but there is a mouse. And God will cause you to be able to do what you're called to do in that arena. And in that arena, not only will you be blessed, but other people will be increased with you. Amen. Let's stand up together this morning. Father, I thank you that you said we could start over. Your mercy would give us the opportunity but then we have a choice to look at our failures, things that the enemy has used, that moment that, where we get stuck that says, you weren't a good mom, you weren't a good dad, uh, you weren't a good employee, you weren't a good boss. All those places where, where we feel that condemnation come against us, that we have failed. Lord, all of us will fail. Failure is just a part of life. It just happens. But in those places where we fail, it's an opportunity to get up and do better. It's an opportunity to go uh, higher, to increase, not decrease. If we look at that failure and examine ourselves. Father, I believe when Peter denied you three times and he began to weep, he began to see that he, he, he would fail. It wasn't about Peter. It was about Jesus. And I believe that as we begin to look at our lives and say, this life that I live is about Jesus living through me. It, that all of the barriers, all of the the things that hold us back, you know, they call them lids in some of the, the teachings of leadership. You know, there's a lid that you hit and you can't go any further. There is no lid with the kingdom of God. Everything goes from glory to glory to glory to glory. Every day when you wake up, that day before you and all the days behind that are gone. But Jesus has a plan today. And you can start over right today. Right where you are. And from that point, he will take you. And you will accomplish what needs to be accomplished. And so I pray today in your lives if you're here. And there's places where you've failed. Places where you've, you've, you've just not succeeded. At least not to what you thought God had told you you would do. Um, I, I I just feel to share this with you. I was reading the book by uh, Megan Kelly. How many of you know who Megan Kelly is? Fox News lady. And she wrote a book, "Settle for More." Everybody say "Settle for More." Don't settle for less. We don't ever have to settle because we're serving a God who doesn't settle. It's glory to glory. It's from here to there, and it's always up. Amen. Let's bow our heads. If you're here today and you've never received Jesus or you've had Jesus in your heart and you've walked away, God today wants to to change things in your heart. And that song we sang earlier, he wants to break every chain. I believe that's what he wants to do. Chains that have held you. Maybe it's somebody's opinion of you. And it makes you feel like you fail. Whenever you get going and you think you're doing good and then you remember what somebody said about you. Well, what does that have to do? What can you do about that? Well, you begin to see that my life isn't ruled by anybody but me with God. And so you forgive that person. You let him go. And you begin to fortify yourself in that area that I don't receive what other people think about me. I receive what God says about me in his word. And you begin to fortify that area of insecurity and places where the enemies come and cause failure. That's, those are the things that we do to bring us out of failure into the place God has. And maybe you're here today and Jesus, you know, you knew Jesus, but you just walked away. You got discouraged. Or maybe you're here and you've never received Jesus. This is the day to come back and let him begin to take you out of that failure mode and put you into a a new place where you can begin to succeed and to increase in the things that God has called you to do. If that's you today, would you just lift your hand? because we'll pray with you before we go and make sure your eternity is set in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Let's all pray this together. Father, thank you for Jesus. Thank you that he died for my sins. Thank you because he lives, I live, and I live a life of freedom, not defeat. And I thank you today, Jesus for dying for me for going to the cross for me so that I could be all that you've made me to be with your help I can do all things